Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two here of Sports Daily. Glad to be with you here. You can join us on the IHOP hotline. Try IHOP's new slow-braised beef, pot roast, or a savory country fried steak. More than just pancakes. Uh, all right, let's uh, before we dig into KU here, Tommy, let's do a pair of Dropkick Murphys. In fact, let's do two pairs of Dropkick Murphy tickets coming, uh, well, in a couple days, Wednesday at Wave, the outdoor stage, 6.50 East 2nd. Show starts at 7. We'll give away two different pairs of tickets. Let's do uh, the second and the fifth callers, Jad, for those tickets right now to Dropkick Murphy's, 869-1240. That IHOP hotline is open. All right, here we go, Tommy. This was disappointing because before the game, we learned Jalen Daniels could not go. I've been saying for two weeks now, Jalen Daniels does not look right to me. Now, I didn't think that would mean he'd miss a game like this. It just meant to me he's not at 100%. I don't think he's been at 100% at any point this season. And remember way back when, when it was like, is he ever going to be at 100%? Probably not. I mean, mean, clearly, it's pretty clear to me that it's not going to happen. I was on nationally Saturday as that game. It was fun being on on a college football Saturday like that because you're just sort of watching it. I'm watching that KU game. And like early on, and and I know that Texas ran away with it by the end and had 661 yards of offense. But man, Bean just wasn't giving them a chance to to keep in it. But for for a little while there, Tommy, that game was 13 to seven. Like that was a masterclass from Lance Leipold. And so I'm watching it with the national folks, and I'm like, man, like if I'm Michigan State right now, and I'm watching this happen, it's like, God, this guy's really good coach. So. I thought he did a great job. I thought KU handled themselves well. They were never going to win that game without Jalen Daniels. Texas is the real deal. Uh, you know, not a great defensive performance, but again, I think it. I think it's a little deceiving when you have a game like that where you're hanging in there, but you can't get anything going on offense, really. And then eventually the dam's going to break, and it did. So I don't take away anything from Kansas. Like, take, like takeaways. I don't really have one for Kansas other than, man, I hope Jalen Daniels can play. Because it really is the difference for them. I want to address the Jalen Daniels thing first. Um, you know, they've been characterizing this as back tightness for a while. This is more than back tightness. There, there's something going on there that is, you know, I know the word lingering has been used also. It's, I think it's more than just a lingering back tightness. Like there is some kind of injury that has happened to his back. And I know that he's dealt with back injuries before. Um, you know, he was held out of the very first game of the year and, you know, then has kind of been working his way back. And I'm kind of with you, like, you know, I, you and I were talking during the BYU game last weekend, uh, about how he didn't look hundred percent. He looked kind of tentative, throwing the ball downfield, all of that. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, all indications are that he's going to play and you're thinking, okay, this is a big time spot for him down in Austin they're a really good offense. KU is with Daniels on the field. You think that, you know, they can have a chance to at least hang with the Longhorns 
And then literally minutes before the game, you find out that, you know, he's not going to play. There's something else going on here. I don't know if it's something that's going to hold him out in the future. Like if we're talking about, you know, maybe him not being available this weekend uh, or, you know, even further after that. I don't know exactly what that means. And, you know, maybe we'll get more guidance on that from Lance Leipold as the week goes on. Uh, But, man, it's it's a gut check. Uh, you know, for the Jayhawks and especially for Jason Bean. And I want to be very clear. Jason Bean is one of the better backups in the country. You know, like I've watched backup quarterbacks for teams all around America come in and they can't even like, they can't even snap the ball. Like they can't even get their team a first down. Jason Bean, don't forget, was actually above Jalen Daniels on the depth chart a couple of years ago. You know, and he was this like heralded transfer from North Texas, you know, so I'm not a Jason Bean hater. That's a really, 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 really difficult spot to be in. Like a couple of minutes before kickoff in Austin, taking on the number three team in America. And you find out like you've got to go out there and lead the team and the starter's not available. Like that's really hard to do. And I thought that Bean hung in there well. You know, he, he's definitely dynamic with his legs. We know about his shortcoming throwing the ball. Like, that's just, you know, Jason Bean isn't going to lead you to an upset win against the number three Longhorns. It's not going to happen. But, man, an admirable time, you know, I think for Bean to fill in and do everything he could possibly do to keep that team, you know, in contention with the Longhorns, at least until the second half. Yeah, I look, I, I guess there are... So it's hard for me. Like, I guess there's conspiracy theories or something. Like, the the problem Ridiculous. is like it's so stupid. message message boards get out of control. So sometimes these are hard to follow. The reality of all of it is, college teams are not held to the same standard as far as disclosing injuries as NFL teams are. So this stuff can happen. Now with Jalen Daniels, I don't think there was. I think legitimately it was like all of a sudden it's like, oh, we can't go. This isn't the first time we've seen this. Whatever this issue is, and and my, my alarms went off when Lance Leipold said, unfortunately for him, he said this at the very beginning of the season, unfortunately for him, this is something he's had to deal with going back to last year. I'm like, yep. uh-oh, this is not the shoulder. Like, this is something else yeah, here. Yeah, this is something and, else. And when you hear back tightness, that's what I keep seeing when I'm like, I don't think he's 100%. It's when he, it's not even the throws as much as anytime he's forced to run a little bit. It's like, you know, when you have a tight back, like it's that yeah. same, like, uh, like he would get up that way. And I'm like, I don't think his back feels good. And you know what? Like you and I are, I'm just going to say it. We're middle-aged guys at this point in our lives. We're approaching yeah. middle age. Like you and I both know what it's like to have a tight back. Like it happens yeah. when I get up in the morning, right? Like that's part of socks it. on. Like it happens all yeah. the time. <laughs> when I when I cough wrong, you know my back gets tight. Um, this is not that. Jalen Daniels is a Division One college football athlete, yeah. right? Like this is not the back tightness that you and I deal with when we get up out of bed in the morning or we cough wrong or we put our socks on. Like this is a different scenario entirely. And you know, so I know they've been characterizing it as back tightness. This is not that. I mean, this is an injury of some well, kind. I, I think, but I think back tightness is legitimate in the sense that his back is tight, right? Like it's not letting yeah. him have his full range of mobility. Why that's happening, I don't know. Lance Leipold's going to talk today, as he does on Mondays, and we'll probably get a little, maybe a little bit more clarity. But 
it is what it is. And I'm not a Jason Bean hater either by any means. I'm glad yep. he stayed there. If if you're looking to like read beneath, you know, the surface, the fact that he stayed at KU this year, that was another thing we talked about early in the year. Like I, I just have never bought in that Jalen Daniels was healthy because it didn't make a ton of sense that Bean came back unless Bean knows like he's not going to be fully ready to go at any point. And, and I'm going to have to play this year here. And I love it here, right? Like those kinds of things. So I think this has always been in the cards for KU. Like, and it may be just something where maybe Jalen Daniels plays, maybe he doesn't play. Kansas, the question to me becomes, can they hang around the top end of the Big 12 with Jason Bean as the quarterback? That's, you know, that's what we're trying to figure out here. And they'll play UCF this week at home. So it's a good opportunity. You've got to be able to win that game even with Jason Bean and, and, if you think you're going right. to be a top five team in the league. UCF, they, they've dealt with their own quarterback injuries. I'm not sure if their starter is going to be back for this weekend's game or not. So that's something to keep our eyes on for sure. The one other thing I want to address with the Jalen Daniels situation, and you kind of alluded to it, whether it's message boards or, or social media or whatever, I don't know if you saw this, but quite a bit of, uh, of speculation from people calling Jalen Daniels soft. You know, and saying that he quit on the team, saying that, you know, you're in this big time spot on the road at Texas, taking on the number three team in the nation. And minutes before the game, Jalen Daniels quit on the team. That's the biggest load of crap that I've ever heard in my entire life. And, you know, like, I, and I, I even debated, like, whether or not I wanted to, like, justify, like, even, like, talk about it, like, bring it, bring it up. But it was so prevalent, and I saw it so many different places. Just absolutely stupid. Like, this is a guy that has battled through injuries before. It's a guy that, you know, is a, is a competitor and has led this team, you know, to unprecedented success over the last couple of years. And there is nothing that would tell me at all that this is a guy that just would quit on his team. Like, clearly, no. he wouldn't be able to play. Like, you know, like... If he's if he's not playing, the injury is bad enough to, to hold him out. Like there is no softness like, oh, I'm just going to quit. I'm not going to play like good luck, guys. Like that's the, the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So there's a reason I haven't seen that stuff. There's a reason I never see unless somebody shows me when, you know, these message boards like go on the attack for us. Like, I just don't care. I don't care. Like it's such a it's such a stupid thing that I I don't like I don't go find that stuff unless somebody so I didn't even know that that was out there until yeah. right before we came on and I did a quick search to see if we had make sure we had didn't have an injury update that I had missed and I sort of saw people like going to Jalen Daniels defense and I'm like guys like you don't need to do that these keyboard ninjas would never get up if they were sacked one time at <laughs> right, this level. Like right. they'd never get up. They'd probably die. It, it like who, who cares? They're not normal people. They're not like the, the people that will take the time to go find these places to, you know, it's one thing to like have fun and joke and be in jest. Like these, the, the other side of that, where these people live, like this space online or in social media, it's so unhealthy. And like we're in a mental health catastrophe in this country. It's because of this stuff. Like people go into these places and turn into people 
that they're not. Go read a Facebook message or comment section one time, and you're like, whoa, yeah. I'm never doing that again. Like, I'm out of there. I'm out. And so like, I don't care what those people have to say. Like, but legitimately, it is incredibly frustrating. I think everybody like, has I, their I right to you. an opinion. Except them. I don't care what I, they have to I say. I agree. I agree with you. And I know that like even dignifying what they're saying with the response on this program is amplifying it. And I, I understand all of that. But it is incredibly frustrating when, you know, you've got this national window on national TV against the number three team in the country. And by the way, there were only, I think, three matchups in the country over the weekend that featured two top 25 teams playing against each other. And Kansas wasn't one of them, right? Like it, you, you can't get a bigger stage in the regular season than that. And you've got a guy in Jalen Daniels that, I mean, like I don't, I don't even know the guy, but I know that he would love to be on that stage, right? Like he would love to be out there. He would love to lead the Jayhawks to, you know, be competitive against the Longhorns, maybe even upset them. They did it the last time they were in Austin. And then minutes before the game, not being able to go and just the amount of disappointment that I know that he had to feel in in not being able to play. And then, you know, potentially having to deal with these trolls on the Internet, on message boards, on social media, saying he's soft and saying he quit on his team, like the stupidest thing in the world. And like that is frustrating. And I know that like we're, we're we're amplifying all of that, but but also like. It's frustrating to me that he had to be subjected to that. I, I don't think he sees it. I don't think he cares. I think he doesn't strike me as somebody who would ever go into that space. Um, so I, I'm not too worried about it. Look, there it's it's dumb kids for the most part who are just mad or I, I don't understand it. I really don't. Like I don't understand where these people come from and, and when they're like actually in public and face to face, they would never act I've never understood that weird concept that exists on the internet for people but whatever i don't doesn't matter and look i i do i do want to say one more thing about jason bean and jalen daniels and the quarterback situation moving forward i I don't know exactly what the game plan is going to be for the jayhawks and and their preparation for ucf and moving forward makes but it it sound it sounds to me that you know the last couple of weeks it's been jalen daniels getting all the reps in practice with the ones right I would I would suggest that you maybe need to start to change that a little bit, right? Like if you're worried about his availability and whether or not he can go, I mean, start getting Jason Bean prepared. And I'm not saying that that's going to do like a world of of good for the Jayhawks. You know, it's, I, it's probably not going to change the outcome. But at least if you're giving Bean a little bit more of a heads up and giving him some practice reps with the ones, then at least you've got a little bit of a contingency plan in the event that Jalen Daniels can't go moving forward. Look, I I think that they're going to have to do that. I think they're going to have to do that because this surprise. I'm sure this also surprised Jalen Daniels. It surprised everybody, and they weren't prepared for it. But how do you prepare for that, right? Like, you, it's just it's tough. I want to know. Like, the only thing that I really take out of this game is is this like a week to week thing? Is there like do we know that he's going to miss some time? Are they just going to have to sort of roll the dice and? You know, like, what is his long term? Like, is he going to be able to ever be okay from this? And again, from the very beginning, my alarms went off because if this was something that was happening last year, which I mean, that's what they said, 
then that makes me think like this is an issue that may restrict him like for the rest of his playing career, and that sucks because he's such an awesome player. And think that's about what, you know on I'm that stage, uh, on that stage against Texas on ABC in the primetime window right there. Think about all of the eyeballs that could have been on Jalen Daniels and the NFL scouts and all of that. You know, so like even like looking forward into the future, like his prospects of being a pro, like that that's another reason why it's like ludicrous to think that he wouldn't have played in that game, you know, it, it, unless he absolutely was like super, super injured, uh, you know, just because of all the eyeballs on him. They've got another big window this weekend, by the way. They've got the three o'clock game on Fox. So they, they'll have their opportunity um, again in that sort of environment to go do it against UCF. They're three-point favorites right now against UCF. Uh, That's interesting. Even with Jason Bean, I think I'd probably be okay with Kansas there. Uh, But UCF's, look, UCF's kind of dangerous. I I don't, it just just stinks, right? It just stinks. We wanted to see him give Texas a run, and we didn't get to see it in truth. I I will say, though, that was, that was, a heck of a job by Lance Leipold and that staff to quickly adjust and hang in there that long because Texas had them. And look, Jalen Daniels doesn't play defense. It's just like, would KU have been able to keep up in a track meet is the question we won't ever have the answer to. That's the hard part, right? Like, had that game, had he been there, would they, and, and maybe they wouldn't have. Texas looks really good. We're starting to see why Quinn Ewers was this massive high school prospect that's made all this NIL money and has finally, you know, apparently gotten things turned around off the field to where he's focusing on the field. That dude's pretty dang good. Like Arch Manning who? Nobody's talking about Arch Manning because Quinn Ewers is playing so well in Texas. They look like the real deal. Um, All right, let's come back. Let's talk a little Major League Baseball. We have the postseason here. It was a it was a rewarding and frustrating weekend uh, for the Texas Rangers the team that I follow. Tommy's got the favorite heading into that thing. Zach Grinky gets a nice ovation yesterday. That ending to the baseball season was fan dang tastic. Like there there were so many cool and amazing things happening this weekend. Good on baseball. Just yet another change they made this with the rules that is paying off. We'll have all of that next for you. Your calls on the IHOP hotline next on Sports Daily. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily, the Major League Baseball postseason is here. What a weekend. You had games coming down to the wire, all kinds of implications. Baseball got lucky in scheduling, especially in the American League, when you had Texas and Seattle going head-to-head and then the Astros facing a team in the Diamondbacks that were also uh, trying to get into the postseason. Just a wild, wild weekend. Uh, look, as a Rangers fan, it was it was frustrating because the Rangers let go of the division lead, and there the Astros sit. Now they got to go play the Rays, and they got to try and play their way through. And they go from getting a, you know, basically a first round bye to getting the toughest road challenge in there. But they also made it for the first time in seven years, and their pitching staff is just a hot mess right now of injuries. So I guess it's all right. But I, I mean, this is why you added the second wild card team. This format with the three game playoff is much better than the wild card game so that part of it's better 
Um, all of it's better. The whole season has been better. It comes down to the wire like that, and we're going to get, you know, you're going to get Monday Night Football off by itself, and then, boom, you've got baseball going. Tommy, with, you know, these these early games, you've got, you know, games starting at 2 and 3.30 and 6 and 7, and they're going to be awesome and exciting and amazing, and ABC apparently is carrying baseball yeah. this year. Like, yeah. When did that happen? <laughs> Just, I'm excited okay. about it. Uh, like I absolutely despised the wild card game. I hated it. I thought it was the worst thing ever because you've got a season of 162 games and it comes down to like one game, you know, and you could have a team that had like a 10 game lead in the wild card and they had to play a team 10 games behind them, potentially one game to move on. I hated that so much. You know, baseball yeah, is a baseball's a game of series, right? Like at least having a best of three. I, I'm like, come on, like, can we do something? So the fact that they changed that, like I'm in full, full support of that. I think it's going to be awesome moving forward starting tomorrow. Um, I, I'm really excited, probably more so excited for the postseason than I've been in a long time. It helps that my team is the favorite to win. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But man, it's it's going to be fun. You know, on the downside, I think, like, you know, your team won't get to play for a little while, though, which is tricky in baseball. Like, that's the one thing about getting the buy. Like, I, I and it, it's going to play out both ways. I don't think there will be some overwhelming trend over time on how that works. You'd much rather have the buy than not. But here we go. I, I It has been a roller coaster down the stretch for some of these teams, like the Rangers. Like, it has been, like, such a wild ride, and now it's here, and it's a three-game series. And, I, I you know, it, it'll be so fun. And I, I don't know, nobody, I'm looking at staff picks everywhere. Like, this is, I haven't been able to put on, like, a fan hat for baseball in a long time where you get, like, offended that people aren't, nobody's picking <laughs> the Rangers. Like, ah, oh, it's us versus the world. It's been a while. It feels good. So, I, you know, nobody's picking them. Um, I think the matchups are interesting in the opening round. You look at the wild card round, so you'll have the Rangers and the Rays, the Blue Jays and the Twins, the Diamondbacks and the Brewers, and the Marlins and the Phillies. And I don't think there are any teams here that don't have a shot. You know, the Rangers, for instance, have so many injuries to the rotation, but they do kind of have three guys here. And so is that enough? Can they get it done with three and then patch it together? We'll find out. But those three have been pretty good. Jordan Montgomery's been good. Evaldi, before the injury, was great. Now, he's been a little shaky since, and then Dane Dunning's bounced up and down from the bullpen. But we'll see. The Blue Jays and the Twins. I mean, I, I don't think there's a team on here, Tommy, that I wouldn't give a puncher's chance to. I think the, you know... I think the Rangers are one of the lesser likely because their bullpen is just absolutely dreadful. Um, but I think all of these teams probably have a shot. I mean, you kind of really like the National League host teams here and, and the Rays maybe. But the pitching of the Brewers and the Phillies. But I think it, like this is why I like Major League Baseball's postseason. It's because everybody really does have a chance, right? It, I mean, yeah. you, you don't have overwhelming series most of the time. I think the Diamondbacks uh, can upset the Brewers, um, you know, just with their their young stars. Like, they've got kind of the firepower, I think, to, to make that happen. Um, I'm not really not really high on the Marlins. I don't think the Marlins have a shot. 
uh, to beat the Phillies. But you know what? In a best of three series, you never know. Yeah, they've got some pitching. You never know. And, and you've got that that first game, like game one in all four of these series. It's going to be the biggest one, right? Because at that point, yeah. whoever loses, you got to win two in a row, right? Like, that's what makes it that much more interesting. Um, you know, obviously the Rays won 99 games. Uh, so, and I know that the Rangers have been pretty good all season long. Um, but man, like that's gotta be, that's gotta be the toughest matchup. Like that's gotta be the worst draw. Oh, yeah. I think it is. If you're the Rangers, There's you gotta no play question. the Rays. Yeah. You know, you've got to go to Tampa Bay to play the Rays to start off all three times that bet all, all three times. Like you gotta, I mean, like that's, that's gotta be the, the, the worst beat I think out of all four matchups. And, and they went to that from potentially getting to skip and getting home field, right? Like, right. they were going to be the two seed yeah, had they won the West. And and so, <laughs> it's just... Uh, <laughs> oh, it's not man. good. Not good. Not good. Uh, and I don't know what their season matchup was. It, it, you, but you throw it all out the window, right? Like, you just throw it all out. This is what makes baseball fun. You enjoy it. We're going to stress over it. Look... That, and, and you know, a team like the Rangers who couldn't get one dang run, they get beat one nothing in the finale, they do have an offense that can go beat anybody. They've got great offensive players. So all bets are off. Uh, I, I think that, you know, the Braves are going to have to sit back. They're going to be the clear favorite in this thing. But, I, I mean, are we 100% confident in their starting pitching? They're well, good. They've they're got pitching great. issues. They've got they've got they've pitching got, injuries. Great everywhere else, but yeah, they, they, the the question like is going to be like, will Max Freed be able to come back and be effective? I don't think Charlie Morton's going to be able to pitch uh, for the Braves in the in the postseason, at least at least you know not in the NLDS. But I wonder if Max Freed will be available. You know, obviously Spencer Strider is great, but he can't pitch every day, right? You know, so that's going to be the major question mark. Is you know what can they do pitching wise? That offense is the the best maybe in Major League Baseball history. So, um, you know, I, I don't have any concerns there. But, man, you've got to make sure you've got the pitchers ready to go at least for this opening series. And then at that point, I think Max Freed should be back uh, and should be okay. But that's really the big question mark, I think, for the Braves. I'm going to tell you that th- th- it's interesting when you look at the overall bracket. The the Braves, I do I like the Braves' potential – second or you know the first time the first series they'll play either way like I'd be real worried if I was playing the Brewers because they can pitch right they can pitch and that always worries you but as you look around elsewhere I think the Astros have a pretty good draw to get through but like if the Rangers can get through the Rays I know Baltimore's been a great story but I'm not quivering in my boots if I got to play a young Baltimore team in the postseason I I don't know who the I don't know who I would pick. I obviously, and you guys know this because we've talked about it, you know, a little bit this year. I got a lot of I got a lot of money riding on the Rangers here. Uh, I would love to see them with Degrom and Scherzer and John Gray, who's now hurt, going into this thing. And it, but that's not what's going to happen. So if you don't have a rooting interest and you want to throw some goodwill at my way, uh, you know, my kids got to go to college. Uh, but it, <laughs> it it is going to be interesting. I think. More so even than this first round, once you get to that next round. And trying to pick, like, who would be the favorite at this point. And it makes me want to throw up to even say it, but it's probably Houston again, Tommy. Like, the Rangers really let everybody down. They let down the whole dang baseball world because they let Houston get through here. 
And, you know, Verlander was great when he needed to be, and they've got some pretty good pitching, and we know that offense, and their bullpen's okay. Like, that's the one thing about the Rangers' draw that I do like is that they wouldn't potentially get Houston in the next round. I'd much rather play Baltimore. I know Baltimore is a great story this year. But I I think Houston's the last team I'd want to play over the Dodgers, over the Braves, over anybody. Houston would be the one. You'd rather play Atlanta or Los Angeles over Houston right now? Yes. Absolutely. No no question to me. They're, they're dadgum deadly, and they've got some good pitching, and Verlander was a great addition for them, and they've been here before, and they know what they're doing, and I hate them so much. Okay. I mean, I but think that's... that, like, I, I don't know if they're the team to fear the most out of all the teams in the postseason. I think that they're the team for the Rangers to fear the most oh, because no, I, of the Rangers, way. Rangers are going in. Like, you, you're swinging big. The Rangers need to fear everybody because their pitching is in shambles and they have no bullpen. Like, they just got to go in and just, you know, to hell with it. We're just going to go in and swing out of our shoes and see if we can't do something special here. But the Braves are still the betting favorite by, uh, I mean, uh, by quite a big number, by the way. Yep. They're about two and a half to one. The Dodgers are a little over four to one. The Astros are just under five to one. The Marlins are the biggest long shot, uh, followed by the Diamondbacks. You could still get – now, hang on a minute. This can't be right. I'm going to have to go. I'm just looking at an article. I need to go to some actual lines because I'm seeing right now that you can get 50-1 to 1 on the Marlins right now. The postseason started. There's only eight – there's only – what? Are, how many teams are in there? I'm, I'm losing my mind. 12? There's only 12 teams in, and you can get 50-1 to 1 on one of them? You can I'm get seeing them forty to one on the Diamondbacks. Thirty-five okay. to one is what I'm seeing right now on the Marlins. Thirty to one on the Diamondbacks. Twenty to one on the Twins. What about the Brewers? Seventeen to one uh, to win the World Series Ooh. right now. Hmm. I'm gonna look at the. I gotta go in and. I might get enticed here. I, I'm not. I've already got too much on the Rangers at fifty to one odds. So I'm not like that's the thing. I might need to back that up with one of these others because I. And my point on all of that is: Do you really feel like the Braves are that much more of a favorite than the Brewers? Well, it's been a long time. Like it doesn't happen very often when the favorite wins. Like we talked about it last week um, when, when the team it was that has last won year, the most- wasn't it? Was they, weren't the Astros the favorite going in? Well, I'm talking about like winning the most games in the regular season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, to then yeah, turn around like the and win the World favorite, Series. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen very often at all. You know, typically you've got another team coming out there, you know, that can Yeah, make it's just not happen. equitable. It's not, it right. doesn't matter. Like w- what happened in the regular season now, as far as wins and losses, other than seeding, is totally irrelevant because now who's the healthiest? Who has the starting pitching to line up the right way? Which team is the hottest offensively? Like the betting favorites, I think, are the more true trends to it. But this is the baseball postseason, right? Like crazy things happen all the time. And to see that long of odds for any team in a 12-team format, that just seems wild to me. So who's your World Series winner then? Like what? Like what's the matchup and who's the winner now that we know the postseason? So not not from a betting perspective, just from a real perspective. Yeah. Um, I, I probably would say, oh my gosh, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say the Houston Astros out loud because it makes me want to throw up in my <laughs> mouth. It really does. Um, 
I want to say the Dodgers is who I want to say. Kershaw has been just ridiculous. I think it might be the Astros over the Dodgers again, but that, but, okay. but I don't want that. I don't want that to happen, right? Like I, I don't want that to happen. I want this thing to, to see some different, you know, some just some different things happening. I don't know. I don't really know. I know that I'm not going to pick the Braves. Um, you know, that's that's the one thing I do know is that I'm not going to pick the Braves. Other than that. I'm not sure that I have one ready to pick until you said that right now. If I'm throwing a dart at who I think it could be, I'll go Dodgers over Astros. I am going to take the Braves. Uh, They've got a historic offense. And I know questions on the pitching right now, but, man, that offense is great. They've been sustained. There's no reason to think that it's going to drop off going into the playoffs. Uh, I think the Braves win. I think they win their second World Series in three years. I'm going to say that they are going to get in. They're going to win over the Rays. I'm taking the Braves over the Rays to win the World Series. Now, why would you go and say something like that? I mean, don't why? you know who the Rays are playing in the opening round here? Well, I'm sorry why about that, but that? I think that I think they beat the Rangers. I think they end up. I think it's going to be the Rays and the Astros in the ALCS. Uh, and I think it's going to be the Braves, and uh, I think the Brewers can make it. So I'll do the Braves and the Brewers in the NLCS. I like the Brewers. Look, I, I, I the Brewers are, like, if I had to just, like, wildly throw one at it of what I would like to see, it'd be, like, Rangers-Brewers. That would be cool. Um, and I don't know. I say the Dodgers, but gosh, their their rotation isn't as deep as it has been. I, I don't know. I don't think, here's what I will say. I don't think anybody is like got the overwhelming pitching matchup in this one. I think the Astros are probably well, the Astros and the Brewers to me are probably my favorite playoff type rotations. But I mean nobody's coming in field. Look, Jordan Montgomery's been great. Take a team like the Rangers. Montgomery's been great. If Ivaldi is what he was early, you kind of like their their top 3, right? Like it's too bad that Scherzer and DeGrom aren't there. But after those three pitchers, like nobody else on the staff is good. They're they're just kind of screwed after that. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they'll do it other than just to come out and and smash offensively, which again is in the cards. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's tough because this year doesn't have that traditional where you look at it and like, oh, that, that pitching rotation is... That's way better, right? That that's that's been a weird thing for me this year. Is who does have the best pitching staff? Like like, is there a definitive answer on that? I don't think there is, and so that's why again I go back to Atlanta because you know they have a definitively better offense than everybody else. So if you can't identify who the best pitching rotation is, at least you can I mean, identify who the best offensive team is. I think the Brewers are the best staff overall. And I didn't even know this until I just pulled it up. Man, the Blue Jays are real close to them. What, what about the Blue Jays? I mean, you love their offense, right? And they've sure. been they've been pretty good. And uh, you know they've got the fourth best ERA in baseball this year. Didn't even realize that the Brewers, by the way, have the best. But like everybody's sort of right there. And then you get down to the Rangers, who are way higher, which shouldn't surprise anybody. The Diamondbacks are even higher than the Rangers. Uh, and I think that's it. Yeah. So 
So the worst staff ERAs right now are the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, who aren't even in the top half of baseball at this point. The Braves are right smack in the middle. They're kind of they're in that range, though, unfortunately for you, with the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. And then everybody else is kind of up there a little bit. But I don't know that it's going to translate. That's why I'm having a hard time trying to pick a winner. I, I just think this feels like a really unpredictable postseason. What's wrong with the Phillies? I mean, don't you like a rotation that starts with Wheeler and Nola? Like the yeah, Phillies. They, and they've caught fire. I mean, Trey Turner turned things yeah. around. Bryce Harper obviously is, you know, playing great baseball right now. I mean, they've got they've got the firepower to make it happen. They did that last year, right? Like they yep. kind of came out of nowhere, ready for the postseason and just they made it happen. Let's go, Rangers. Let's go. Tomorrow I think it's like a two or three o'clock first pitch. Gotta have it. I can't do this. We can't. We can't do this. We gotta. We gotta win some games. I was at. Meanwhile, uh, uh, you were at. I was, I was at. A, say, I was at a wild card game between okay. the Rangers and the Rays a long time ago. So there's a little nostalgia there for me too. I was just gonna say. Meanwhile, I'll be sitting back, relaxing, enjoying the week off until the Braves play on Saturday. Two o'clock, like right when I get to work on TV. It's gonna be a wreck. I'm gonna be a wreck for the next three days, everybody. So bear with me. Um, or I'll be the most obnoxious person you've ever met. Like one way or the other, it's going to be an emotional roller coaster for me. It's been seven years. Seven years since I've had postseason baseball. Let's go. 869-1240 is the number call. What do you think? You can, we'll take a World Series prediction if you've got one. You can even give them to Jad off the air if you don't want to jump on with us on the IF hotline. You can give them to us. We'll get to it. Uh, all right, we'll come back. More Sports Daily right after this. Rest in peace, Tim Wakefield, uh, the knuckleballer. Kind of made it cool for our generation, Tommy. Yeah, too bad. Um, he was great. Loved watching him pitch. Loved watching. My, one of my favorite things in the world was watching slow motion replays of the knuckleball coming in. Like, I could watch that on, on repeat, like, over and over and over again. Um, yeah, sad, sad news in the world of baseball. Tim Wakefield, I mean, like the fact that you he won like over 200 games with a knuckleball, just yeah. In- incredible. Yeah, it was uh, it was very sad to see that. Just very sudden for for the public, obviously. Uh, but you know, we'll we'll remember his game as much as any pitcher of our generation because he really was like we didn't you know we didn't we hadn't seen that before, and it was just like what is this magic that's happening right here. Um, all right, let's go back to the NFL a little bit, Tommy, and talk Monday Night Football here. This is this is a pretty fascinating matchup to me. Seahawks, Giants. Uh, the Giants kind of feel desperate here. Saquon Barkley out. They're getting points at home. I mean, we think Saquon Barkley's, Barkley's out. I'm pretty sure Saquon Barkley's out. I don't know. I don't have a real strong lean in this one. I think it's probably toward the Giants getting some points at home, but I don't feel great about it. I, I think that, you know, if there's ever a game where they're going to, like, get Darren Waller going or, you know, look good defensively. And the Seahawks, I mean, do you have a strong feel for the Seahawks this year? I don't yet. I, I, I don't mean, know I if think they're going to be able to repeat last year or not. Yeah, 
I think that if they want to be taken seriously as a legitimate playoff contender, they got to have this game tonight, right? I mean, you know, especially I know they're going on the road, but you're playing a Giants team conceivably without Saquon Barkley. You know, they they should be able to win this game. Uh, and, And so if they want to be considered in that echelon of potential playoff contender in the NFC, you've got to go on the road and take care of business tonight. But will they? I, I don't. These are two of the more confusing teams. I think these are more the two of the more confusing teams that we've that we've seen this year. Are they good? Are they not? I don't know on either of them, and I don't even know who like who do I think has a better chance to be good. I, maybe I mean, Seattle. I, I don't think I don't think Vegas really knows either. I mean, it's a you know two point spread as of right now. I'm staying away from the spread entirely because I I just think it could go either direction. I think it's probably going to end up, I don't know, a a field goal type game. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty tight spread. Uh, I'm not sure that really anybody has a a super good handle on exactly what's going to happen. And I think the reason why you've got Seattle getting, uh, you know, laying those points is just because of the fact that the giants more than likely don't have Saquon. Yeah, I don't know that Saquon Barkley is like a three-point mover, right? Like, I don't know that oh, he, if he he's is. playing all at home. There aren't I think very many. There are not very many players that are. Um, I would be surprised if a running back was, but he is as important to that offense as any running back in football, right? Like his importance for that team is as high as anybody. I I think Seattle's probably a better top to bottom team. Daniel Jones is such a wild card. Right, like when Daniel Jones looks good, he looks really good, and when he looks bad, he didn't look good at all. He's very Jekyll and Hyde. If he runs around a little bit, he's much better. Darren Waller has been slow out of the gates. They don't really have good receivers, and the Seahawks have several good receivers. So we'll see. Look, Seahawks, Seahawks are uh, are two and one. The Giants probably a little bit more desperate. I don't have a strong lean on it anyway. Either uh, as same as you do. I probably would lean the under. That would probably be my lean, and that may be where I go with this game. And I hate betting unders, uh, so we'll see if I actually do that. I think it's so boring. Who wants to root for no offense? But a good Monday night football game. I think there's intrigue for sure in the Monday night football game, and and I do like to see Geno Smith succeed. You know, Geno Smith kind of reminds me of Zach Wilson in this way. For a long time, we were told that Geno Smith can't play football at this level. Can't happen. Won't happen. He's terrible. All these things. It was never as bad as it was made out to be. And then he has last year and it felt really good. Like I I sort of wish that same thing for Zach Wilson. When everybody's ready to write you off, like you're the number two pick in the draft. You can throw the football. We know he's athletic. Like he appears to just be a really good leader on this team. Garrett Wilson, who has reason to be as frustrated as anybody, is constantly with him, smiling. So there's a Geno aspect to tonight's game, too. Geno was there at one point. The best thing for Zach Wilson is to continue to be good enough to where when Aaron Rodgers comes back, Wilson can find a job somewhere else in the NFL and get a contract. That's the best-case scenario for him. 
or play good enough that when Rodgers comes back, you you let him play, and then you just continue to develop and get your internal timer. I mean, Collinsworth was all over it. Like, when his timer clicked a little bit last night, he was a totally different player when he got rid of the ball quick. So, I don't, you know, their line's not good, so he's never going to have the time he thinks he does. 869-1240 is the number to call. We'll come back. We'll wrap this thing up. Thrasher Foundation Repair makes stressful home repairs super easy with precise repair and genuine care. From 